To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy, art. To the Chiss Ascendancy Podcast. Alrighty. Let's just jump out of the frying pan into the fire. Hello everyone and welcome back to... The Chiss Ascendancy. This is Mandalorian Chapter 12, chapter The 12. Siege Review. Uh, it is late Friday night. It is late night. But we are faithful to the fans. You know, we're committed... Uh, okay. I was just commenting to somebody about how Darth Bane's my favorite Sith because he's so committed. He's so committed to I it. Lo- I love a committed character. Oh yeah. So I love us. Kind of reminds. <laughs> <laughs> kind of reminds me. Darth Krayt was so committed to learning. He came out and like the whole galaxy had fallen apart, and he was like, "What if I've been in there thirty years?" <laughs> the dark side sustained him. Uh, so the siege. Wow, there is a lot to digest. So we're just gonna jump into it. There's a lot to talk about. So, okay. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Let's stay true to ourselves by staying true to the format we've come up with. Yes. Uh, the first part being overall thoughts. Here's where it gets thick <laughs> from the get-go. Uh, overall thoughts. Uh, I'll go first okay. this week if you like. Uh, loved it. Real quick. I like this can. Yeah, it's a football. Yeah, it's got the little ridges in there. If mm-hmm. you're out there, you're at Walmart. Recommend. I recommend. Mm. I liked holding it. I didn't even put it in my cup holder all the way home. I was just holding it. And I do enjoy a good Pepsi every once in a while. Uh, overall thoughts. Great episode. This episode of The Mandalorian, I feel, mm-hmm. my opinion, my show. Uh, <laughs> I see how it is. No, no, no. I just mean to the listener. Uh, and Samuel's show. Um, my thoughts are that this episode has more to do with the grand scheme of the entire Star Wars timeline than any of the episodes so far. I agree. And I'll expand upon that later. Okay. Because I've actually taking the time to write things out this week. Nice. So, uh, so uh, overall thoughts. Really enjoyed it. Um, I loved getting to see Mithral again. Mm-hmm. I loved getting the origin of he was hired by Grief because mm-hmm. he had stolen from Grief. And uh, Grief Cargo was, uh, to quote your joke, he was... Uh, Given Mando Grief <laughs> about his broken ship. Yeah. I love that he was like, so he's been working for me since he was just a... Polywoggle. A mud crutch whelp. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, uh, so he did a little crafty uh, crafty numbers work and stole uh, from Creative me. accounting. Yeah. Well. And he so said, funny. so he's going to work it off 350 years, but who's counting? <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Grief's character was really cool. Yeah. I loved when he was like, have you been taking care of him? Yeah. Has he been taking care of you? Yeah. Uh, Baby Yoda was freaking cute. Yeah. The dadgum wires at the beginning were awesome. That was dope. Uh, shout out to Sky High. I don't know if we got any Sky High fans on the cast, but right? uh, that was very Sky High. Very Sky High-y. Yeah. My thought, I hate this part of my brain, but I'm so analytical with some things, mm-hmm. and I was like, well, then how was he going to fix it if he didn't have a baby Yoda? I just hate that about myself. I don't know. Probably an access panel somewhere, but anyways. Um, like a long stick. Back on Navarro, and uh, Mando's just going there. I knew immediately we weren't going to see Ahsoka. I assumed we wouldn't see Ahsoka because chapter... Um, 
what is this, 12? Chapter 13, episode 5 of this season mm-hmm. is directed by the one and only Dave Filoni who created Ahsoka. Yeah. So I assumed that they would give him that honor. I assumed he'd be a little possessive about it, and I know that he and Jon Favreau are, are buddies. Are bros, yeah. yeah. Um, so I loved going back to Navarro where hey, it all how started. how cool would it be if we got a, a Lothwolf? Oh, don't even get me started. That's, that was that picture I posted that I was... Dude, there was this guy... That I posted uh, in a different podcast group, and I was like, I would be so excited if this is what happened. Mm-hmm. And on my Fet Ventures photography page, I had taken a picture of Ralph from Rampage, because we don't have a Loath Wolf toy. Right. And it was Ahsoka riding the Loath Wolf. Yeah. Um, which was a cool idea, I thought. Something that Dave Filoni himself has drawn. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not <laughs> retarded. And the guy said, uh, I would hope that it would not be something so mundane. And I was like... What the freak is mundane about her riding in on a loath wolf, you turd burglar? I was so upset. First of all, we've never seen a live-action loath wolf. Yes. And, and there's so much... Correct. There's a lot of mythos about the loath wolf yeah. that we haven't explored yet. Right, because you think, oh, they're only on Lothal, but they're also... There's paintings of them um, on the world where they meet the ones. Mm-hmm. So it's like... They're clearly interdimensional beings. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they're force know, beasts. We already know they teleport. Right. You know what I mean? It, it would seem to me that if they can teleport to the other side of a planet. Yeah. They travel through the world between worlds. Right. So they can go literally anywhere in space and time. You know, um, in Marvel comics, um, Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. who is the son of Azazel, who is basically the devil, by the way, mm-hmm. um, both of them teleport by interdimensional travel oh really so what they do is they teleport into what's basically hell mm-hmm. and then uh teleport back into the earth in a different place oh wow that's why there's that smoke around them oh okay yeah interesting the more you know the more you know welcome to the marvel ascendancy <laughs> uh so that was really cool going back to navarro where we started yeah um, and then getting right back into it. Mithral was a fun character. Yeah. Uh, this episode you got I some more. I thought it was cool to expand him a little bit. Um, I, I wasn't attached to him from the, you know what I mean? Like he was very sure. clearly just an introduction character, mm-hmm. you know, just like a side quest for Mando when introducing Mando really is was, was more about Mando. Right. Um, but I thought it was cool to see him evolve a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I thought it was very cool to see, um, very resourceful. Very resourceful. I was going to say very uh, very tech savvy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool to see. Um, and so I love that. I love... Uh, I liked exploring his species a little bit. Yeah. Talking how does he how, work? You know, his humidity suit and stuff like that. Dehydrate or something like that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, all the imperial stuff I'm a sucker for. Yeah. And um, obviously very cool stuff like that. Overall thoughts for you? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Start to finish. By the way, for all your listeners, we're now featuring my dog, Koba. In the backyard. At, parking at the neighbor. Uh, yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I It kept me on the edge of my seat. I liked how it slowly unfolded. Um, yeah, I think it was just a, a beautiful piece of cinema. I thought it was cool that Cara Dune is now the marshal. Yeah, I thought that that was cool. I, I was thinking it was funny because um, Mando was now on such good terms with so many law people. Right? He's like the first half of the first season. He's kind of like running from the law. Yeah. And now he's on the good side of so many law people and, and on the good side of the New Republic for the most part. Yeah. Um, it was cool to see how they had transformed Navarro back to a peaceful world where like they had turned the bar into a school and stuff like that. Yeah. That was very neat. It's all it's <clears> never <throat> uh, ceased to amaze me how like a scuzz pile like 
what Navarro was in, in you know first season where mm-hmm. it's just like basically just scum bounty hunters and your you know occasional imperial and now that the riffraff's been run off you know there's the like scum reg- and villainy regular folk yeah you know what I mean just there being townsfolk it's also interesting because you have to assume that partially because the Mandalorians are gone you know yeah. it's just kind of like they just have a certain smell about them that like i guess they it's not that they're gone but they kind of navigate you know they kind of are drawn to sketchy situations i guess so but at the same time they were so incognito themselves yeah even for most of the people there they were relatively unknown right well yeah i did note i did think that was cool i thought it was cool to be back in the forge Mm -hmm. the armor the mythosaur skull had been taken down from above the armor's forge room um seeing uh you know, seeing Moff Gideon again. Mm-hmm. So, got this little guy. So, that was cool. Um, I'd like to save my thoughts for the last third of the episode for kind of the what what's next section. Cool. All right. Well, then we'll go ahead and go out to standout moments. I guess I'll start that right now. <laughs> um, for me, uh, Imperial stuff is always really cool to mm-hmm. see. Um Really standout moments that literally made me stand out of my seat. We were watching together, right. and there were a couple of times that I was like, oh, I'll get up and I'll be like Patch from uh, 101 Dalmatians, and I like, put my nose to the screen. <laughs> and then I'll, after that, be the fat Dalmatian that's really hungry. So, uh, <laughs> so um, the vats mm-hmm. with the... Uh, Here's a little tidbit. If you are ever wondering about things and you want to know if what you're seeing is what you're seeing, mm-hmm. uh, on Disney Plus you can turn on the descriptive audio, right? Which they make for people who are uh, visually impaired, and uh, so mostly blind or fully blind. And basically, what it does is you have the the audio of dialogue or whatever, mm-hmm. but you have a descriptive. He he walks into the room, sees mm-hmm. his round surroundings, you know, stuff like that. So, um, uh, hairless humanoid bodies yep. are in vats. Very broken-ish looking. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did see some pretty clear screen captures today that had big gashes running down mm-hmm. the head, which is very Snoke-like. Yeah. Um, seeing stuff like, we're looking for something that can ab- a body contain a high M count, which yeah. right off the bat we were saying this many chlorians. chlorine count. They talk about needing more blood from the host. Um, the child. Meaning the child. Yeah. But they couldn't drain him too much at once because he's small yeah, and it would kill him. Baby. But I thought it was so cool. I was talking to some people today and I thought it was so cool that we need a small species that can give so much blood that has many chlorians but not too much because it will kill it. And that pushes this storyline along. Mm-hmm. So what species is small but also adorable? Yeah. Bring in the, quote, the child um, species. Our namesake character. It was so artfully done. Yeah. Ron would have appreciated that. Um, yeah, I liked how it all kind of tied some things together and answered quite a few questions while mm-hmm. you know simultaneously raising some more. Um, there was the you know the M count was on my list for standout moments. The yep. experimental vats, mainly because that pushes along things into people have been wondering if this is going to spill over into the sequel trilogy storyline, right? The whole first order development, um, and then the other one for me, obvious pull was the dark troopers cliffhanger at the front. Or at the end of the episode, um. we were we were watching the episode, and then we had to run off to work. And uh, I dug in my toy chest, for lack of a better word, and came out, and I was like, "Look, I have one." <laughs> they look a little different. In they the, look uh, a little different, of course. A little and bit I, sleeker, a little bit darker. 
yeah. as it were. I like, uh, yeah, I, but I like that. I like yeah. that there's, we have the canon version of things, we have Legends versions well, of things. Well, and what I also like is that uh, Moff Gideon, for the most part, has a very Vader-esque armor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, it's chic, it's black, it's, you know, it's well-maintained, yeah. it's shiny. Um, and it was kind of like the Dark Trooper was kind of cast off of that, mm-hmm. you know, kind of... Uh, In his image, as yeah. it were. Yeah, it was very cool. Um Standout moment for me was those vats where it was it was definitely basically the dialogue says something along the lines of they're having a hard time um, injecting blood that has a high M count we assume midi chlorine count mm-hmm. into bodies and the bodies reject them and basically die mm-hmm. so they need more blood to continue more testing and to me what that looks like is they're trying to find a way for a high midichlorian count to possess a body. And this is the very, very, very groundwork of not just the first, but the final order. Yeah. Trying to find a way to bring Palpatine back. Right. And I was thinking, I seem to remember from the visual dictionary from Rise of Skywalker Mm -hmm. that um, it was kind of hinted at Snoke, his species being like an invented species that he was mm-hmm. a hybridized species, you know, for a specific purpose. Right. And that would make a lot of sense in what they're saying in this episode, as far as just kind of having a toy around with it specifically to have uh, a being that had a high midichlorian count, but, right. you know, it kind of fit all those uh, stipulations and qualifications. It seemed like this is leading to that. Right. Know? I can't remember the term. But it is like it's a, a, a strand cast, I think is the term, of basically he's a part of something that's from Palpatine, but he's his own thing. But mm-hmm. he's, it basically says he has his own free will, but everything he does is according to what Palpatine wants. Um, and maybe on like the Crayola level, dumber down side of things, maybe the reason that Snoke's species had to be so big is because it needed more body to be able to contain so much force power who knows you know what i mean like that's just very interesting concepts that are starting it looks like we're on the basement level of what ended up being snoke and what was brought about to bring the emperor back around um but man so the reason that i know it's dark troopers there at the end one i was like oh i was standing right like i said with my nose to the Mm -hmm. tv that's what it is. Yeah. I've always been a huge Dark Trooper fan ever since, uh, you know, reading comics and stuff. It started mm-hmm. with uh, Dark Forces, I believe, the video game. And there's actually, if you want to nerd out a little bit, there's actually three phases of Dark Troopers. You have the Phase 1 Dark Trooper, which is more of a droid. Phase 2, which is this little guy. Um, or big guy, depending which, on how you yeah, look at it. Which, yeah, this guy's probably about seven and a half, eight feet tall. And then you have the Phase 3 Dark Trooper, which is like, you know... This and a half tall. Yeah, something along the lines of what you'll fight in the Force Unleashed. Yeah, exactly. Um, so to see them, well, I had heard through the grapevine, hey, when you watch that last scene, turn on that audio descriptive, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it says that Moff Gideon is standing in a room uh, and there is a man in a white lab coat standing, looking up at um, immobilized dark troopers. So yeah. pretty much factual. Yeah. Standout moment slash... Um, you know, leaks into my what's next. Yeah. Uh, so new characters. This yeah. is kind of a weirdy thing, but what stood out to you new characters wise? Um, 
it seemed to me that there weren't a lot of new characters. Yeah. Um, at least not main characters. You have little side characters like that kid who was stingy with his snacks and Baby Yoda <laughs> stole the whole sleeve. Yeah, that's what he gets. Um, but for the most part, the characters that are in, in dialogue are, are characters mm-hmm. that we've already seen in some form or fashion. Um, but I think that this kind of lends credibility to the idea that this really moves along the main storyline. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very interesting because I think there are people out there that will not understand the magnitude of this episode and will not appreciate it as it should be. Um, Episode one to me is still my favorite because I'm a sucker for Tatooine and Tuscans and freaking Krayt Dragons and Boba Fett. Yeah, it's going to be hard to beat that Krayt Dragon for me. Yeah. Episode two was fun, but not as um, powerful. It felt more fillery for sure. Um, episode three was fantastic. Bo-Katan, Bo-Katan, however you want to say it, back in canon. Not back in canon, but live action. Yeah, live action we had. Um, seeing you know, more Mandalorians. Some Mandalorian doctrine upgrades. Um, mm-hmm. You got to see some Quorum. We got to see some uh, Mon Cal. Yeah, you know, very cool stuff. Cool stuff. Some, it's cool because you get some o, OT stuff, some mm-hmm. Clone Wars stuff, and then Mandalorian name stuff. Name-dropping Ahsoka. Name-dropping Ahsoka was huge. Uh, I would say that this... Man, it's hard for me to beat episode one of this season, mm-hmm. but I would say that this opening up to... I think it's probably the most significant episode It's the most significant the so far. Um, and I would say if I do, th- if I do rank... Number one, my highest, this is a close second with episode three being third and episode two being last Yeah, on my list. Um, so that kind of goes into rating. Uh, it's kind of hard for me not to give this a 10 just because of how powerful it is towards what's ha- what's going to happen. Yeah. And we're such book nerds that we see little things and we're like, there's a story there. Yeah. Um, you know, for me, going kind of back to new characters... Um, Returning characters like Mithril and Moff Gideon were very cool. Seeing this is the first time we see Moff Gideon in the flesh. We yeah. saw holograms, but seeing him in the flesh, um, he's not a scratch on him. And Giancarlo Esposito is marvelous again. Yeah. Um, he had that little Grinchy side smile that I was like, oh, he's up to something. Yeah. Um, seeing that cloning doctor mm-hmm. saying something to Moff Gideon, seeing him again yeah. was cool. Um, if if the Snoke whatever you want to call those, counts as a new character or the Dark Troopers. Well, and then there were some really cool callbacks to original trilogy. You know, you had the heads-up display for, well, it's not, I guess not classically, but you had the display for the gun controls in that transport that were reminiscent of Millennium Falcon. Uh, You had that time when they were, you know, standing on the edge of that platform. That was very A New Hope when Ben's shutting down the tractor beam. Mm -hmm. Um, For sure. You had the troops coming up the elevator, and then they said, there they are, blast them. Yeah, yeah. that was straight out of the original trilogy. There were a lot of cool callbacks, um, little dialogue moments. You got to see scout troopers in full form, crashing into things, exploding. Yeah. You know, just doing It was funny because five scout troopers came out of there, and right out of the gate, two of them blew each other up. It's scout troopers doing oh, scout man. trooper stuff. But I love the Empire, dude. I love being in Imperial bases. Yeah. I love all the, just the aesthetic of it. It's well, so nice. What I was thinking is, they were talking about how it's just kind of a standalone base, and for some reason it hadn't been evacuated. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, I was like, there's no way that there's people just hanging out at this base for fun. Still, right. you know, brushing their shoes, still, you know, right. tucking in their uniform. It, like... There has to be a reason, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. That would have just disintegrated without some rule of order, and yeah, so to yeah, see yeah. that it's um, direct, 
repeatedly reporting to Gideon right well fall in place for the me. fact that they have uh the fact that they have someone guarding the front entrance someone watching someone on the security camera guard the front entrance mm-hmm. they're still doing regular patrols there's still four or five people on the main deck yeah the anytime in, in old books and things when things start falling apart like you know you'll have they're walking around but they don't have a helmet on or they'll mm-hmm. have a helmet but they'll have like regular clothes or things like that this or was very have very somebody uniform. on watch but they'll just have one person on watch yeah you know what I mean? or Maybe they're sleeping you know they're on watch but they're playing cards or yeah. whatever this was very very by the book still mm-hmm. and you can tell that how important that base was absolutely um Dude, in one standout moment was seeing Moff Gideon's flagship. Yeah. That was the sick. The way it looked um, kind of reminded me of how um, Moff Tarkin's ship is described in the Tarkin novel. Oh, the... Um, man, what is that thing called? The something pike? The, the carrion spike. Carrion spike. I, I was like, was that Razorcrest too? No, it's just late. Uh, yeah, the Carrion Spike. Yeah. Uh, I love that it was like, here's a Star Destroyer, and it had that cool like jagged mm-hmm. coming back in. And then it kind of reminded me of the mixture of... Almost like a Corvette. Yeah, a Star Destroyer not meets... A, not a Chevrolet Corvette. Yeah. I mean like a Corvette. A Corellian a Corvette. Corellian Corvette Cruiser. Yeah. It, it's like a mixture of four things to me. mixture of, when you first see it, it's got that... It's got very Imperial lines. Imperial... You know, that strong front of mm-hmm. a regular Star Destroyer. Then you have uh, kind of the Corvette, you know, jagged edges. Yeah. Also, uh, but still kind of had the Republic look to it a little bit. And then the back end... Looked like a hammerhead Corvette. Yeah. The, the, the back end, to me, looked like the back end of the ship that Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan ride in at the very beginning of Episode mm-hmm. 1 that gets destroyed. You know that... That age and gender ambiguous person that says, Captain, look! And yeah. you're like, what is that? A, a young boy? Is this a girl with short hair? What's going yeah, on here? I, I still can't I tell. I have I'll no clue honest. what gender it is. I have no clue I'm what age it is. I'm a grown man and I've watched that movie a, a, a well over a dozen times. Yeah. And I still, I'm like, yeah. What's going on? Captain, here? look! And I'm like, what, what are we looking at? Are we looking at the captain? <laughs> because I don't know what's going on there. Um, it's like 12 year old girl? Yeah. Wow, she must be wise beyond her years. Yeah. Uh, so that was very cool. Jedi um, Council's really scraping the bottom of the barrel for their pilots these days. Yeah. Huh? It was interesting because um, I did enjoy that Moff Gideon did not seem overly perturbed with the destruction of the facility. So he yeah. knows something we don't know. Yeah. Also, his character, just in seeing the vats and seeing the, we're just going to call them Snokes, the the characters in there, clones. Now. Yeah. Um, the the reject the the rejects mm. of the midi chlorian count, um, just seeing that and uh, seeing the dark troopers, man, it just went from oh he's a hold he's an imperial holdout that's going to make a little piece of the pie for himself on the out you know far outer rim where the new republic can't get him. It went from that to this dude's in the inner circle. I feel like I feel like he's knows what's going on, yeah. and he could be that General Pride type character that's like, we, I'm loyal to Palpatine. I can give a rat's behind about the Empire, about Gideon kind of being out of the loop. But this changes things. He is all the way in the loop. He's it, holding yeah, the loop. It seems like this definitely changes things. That, yeah, like he might even be the pivotal individual for the establishment of the First Order. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's it's crazy because the way Palpatine works, he could be super pivotal and then he could be nothing. Yeah, once things are established, yeah. that's just the danger of working with Palps. Yeah, Palpatine somehow creates somebody who is a disposable linchpin. Mm-hmm. Don't Every know how single it works. time. Yeah, and then you also have. Uh, 
homeboy from uh, episode or chapter uh, ten, episode two of this year mm-hmm. in the X Wing. He was back interviewing stuff. Grief Cargo was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see anything. Um, but he said something to Kara doing that was very interesting to me. He said, "There are things happening around here, and the people in the core worlds don't believe it, but we know something's going on. But we need the help of the locals to stop it." And you could tell that Kara was starting to really think about it because he wasn't just saying, "You it, need to rejoin because yeah. we need you." When he, he was put saying, down that, "Something's going down." He put down that medallion that was significant, mm-hmm. and I want to learn what that is. I want to make. I, I want to say that maybe she left the rebellion in a bad way or something maybe she got what she needed out of it and then left i think it was kind of his way of saying you're still a part of us you're still welcome here in the rebellion or in the new republic well it i don't know because she's from alderaan right so she would have been like she would have just been empire so now like against the empire so after you know she was on indoor and all that went down yeah she would have felt you know fulfilled Mm -hmm. you know now she's still looking out for number one it's like she Got her revenge, and then she found out that she still didn't really have anything. Like yeah, they, they there's still something anything. else out there, right? And it's, and it's, you know, a wise man once said, "You get the most out of your story when you realize it's not about you." Mm. So she got her revenge, and maybe it's now she's the marshal. You know what I'm saying? She's she seemed very happy, very pleased with herself this episode. She didn't when we first meet Cara Dune. She's very like, you know. Well, I was here first. So you need to leave. She she doesn't really know what she's fighting for. Now she looks like she had more joy in this episode. And then he's he's saying, people out there still need you. Mm-hmm. There's still darkness out there that we need to fight. Um, that X-wing pilot seemed like he kind of knew something was up as well, far he as knew the her first records order. too, because he was talking about how he knew she was a good soldier. Yeah, but I think what I'm saying is when he said there's things going on out here, mm-hmm. he seemed like he knew something was awry. Right. Um, but. There's a book called uh, Bloodline where uh, Leia knows something's up with the First Order. And everybody's like, the First Order is the First Order. Like, they don't have any issue with it. And uh, somehow it gets exposed that Vader is her father and so she loses her credibility. Mm. Um, but I think maybe that x pilot is... borrowing from the Heir to the Empire sort of idea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Rating, man, it's hard not to give it a 10 out of 10. I know that's rare, but 9.5 out of 10? What do you give it? I was going to give it a 9.5. Yeah. I'm reserving the 10 just in case there's something that absolutely blows my socks off. Episode 1 was I want that 10 to be special if I give it out. Yeah. Man. But it's just, my mind keeps getting blown every single dadgum week with what could possibly happen next. Right, right. Are we going to see, like, Ahsoka... Fighting a clone of Palpatine, like not that we're gonna see that, but like that gummit, like there's all these right. options now. Right. Um, I thought for a split second that they were gonna find Ahsoka and they were trying to pump more midi chlorians into her to see how much her body could hold because she's naturally conducive to the Force. What is it, the guy that makes the Hulk out of here? I was just thinking, like, yeah, like yeah, General, what's his name? Um, but that was crazy. Uh, okay, what's next for you? So, um. I, I've got a, a host of things written down here, okay. but it's just all the things that are still in the air. Yeah. We don't know how Boba fits in. We don't know how Ahsoka's going to fit in. Um, we don't know if Kara's going to get back in you know, affiliation with the public because she's obviously a very pivotal character. She makes waves wherever she goes. She cleaned up an entire planet just by being there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she, it looks like she's about to be drawn back into the, the main fight. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, obviously, we've got the a showdown with Gideon. Right. That's going to happen. He's got the Dark Troopers. He's got a tracking beacon put on the Razor Crest. Yeah, dead gummit. Um, I knew and, I couldn't trust that Mimbanese character. And it looks like um, like he's waiting for an ideal place to ambush him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So he's got he's got things in the works. Um, but Dude, it, it what looks- if Gideon and Ahsoka have to fight? Because he's tracking... They're on their way to... I can't remember the name of the planet, but they're on their way to find Ahsoka, mm-hmm. and that's when the Mandalorian says, we're not going to make it there in this shape. Let's stop off at Navarro and get repairs. Yeah. So now that the Razor Crest is back in ship shape, no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, it was really fun to see the Razor Crest back in full form. Yeah. Uh, Mando with oh, yeah, some great that... flying. Baby Yoda threw up in his car seat, just like that's, my son would do. That's super funny. Um, so... He's going to make it to Ahsoka next episode because that's where he was going anyway. Probably. And he had to stop off. I'm going so to say probably. There's a high... There yeah. have been a lot of times when I think something's got to happen the next right. episode and it just doesn't. The chances are high that he makes it there. Very high. Very high. And does Gideon find Ahsoka there? Right. Well, and... That could be buck wild. If he does find Ahsoka, now maybe are his sights set on, on trying her to capture instead. her and experiment on her instead of Baby Yoda. Right. Um, man. And the sad truth is, as much as I want Boba and Mando to fight side by side, I can definitely see Boba fighting for Gideon for some coin Mm -hmm. and get his reputation back by getting the child or killing Ahsoka or something like that. He's never had qualms about aligning with Imperials before. Nah. Whoever pays. Well, and if anything, it's like he would lean towards the side of fighting on Gideon's side now that Mando's kind of aligned with New Republic. Or... You know what I mean? On the other side of the coin, does he realize that his dad and all the clones were pawns (laughs) for Palpatine? One man, alone, betrayed by the country he loves. (laughs) Dude, it's just crazy, man. Uh, I assume that Gideon's gotta have some kind of training that he can use the the Darksaber. I want to say yes, but then also maybe not. I don't know. Is that he is wears, that everything for your list of what's next? Yeah, but those are all big things. Yeah, you big things. I mean? um, Man, he wears cool armor, but maybe it's just like a like Krennic wears a cool cape. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, 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 no. Moth I mean, I'm, is I definitely... understand that they're not on the same tier, but you know what I mean. It's like yeah. maybe it's just representative. I yeah. mean, he did fight Mando himself. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, well, it wasn't toe to toe, but he didn't just send in foot soldiers. You know what I mean? He was in the he was for in the, sure. the action. He was which there. Which is atypical for a moth specifically. Well, we know that he is like bad to the bone because when Mandalore revolted against the Empire, right? Moff Gideon was who was sent in, right? So the greatest which still is weird because strictly speaking, moths are civilian operators. More political. Yeah, they're not military. Yeah, he is militarized for sure. Yeah. Uh, he's got a military mind. Yeah. He's a thinker. He's when a planner. He dresses in armor, which. I don't like it that it sounds like I'm getting hung up on his outfit, but it is telling about. No, yeah, he's not. Who he's he not is, all you looks. Know what I mean, like it's not just that he's not like okay. So, for instance, in one of the side stories about Tarkin in the book Tarkin, um, they're talking about developing like a unique uniform for him, mm-hmm. you know, and that that was going to be a status symbol that his would be slightly more streamlined or uh, more mm. modern. Um, and the fact that a moth, a political operator, would reject that in lieu of battle wear, you know what I mean, speaks very much about how 
focused he is on that aspect of his role. Yeah. Yeah, Gideon, now that you mentioned that, uh, I was thinking this earlier and you reminded me, but I was thinking Gideon is, everything that he does is how I picture Tarkin in my mind. We didn't get enough of him, mm-hmm. even in the book, Tarkin, um, but everything that Gideon does is like so Tarkin-y, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's what I love is I love... He's just a major player, man. I love getting to see the ruthlessness... Now that we have a feel for what Star Wars yeah. is and how powerful this character style can be, mm-hmm. you know, I think that Tarkin, Tarkin did an amazing job in A New Hope, but I would have loved to have seen more of him. Yeah, well, you know? kind of like I said at the beginning, I just loved a, com- I love a committed character. Mm-hmm. You know, my favorite villain yes. is the type that believes, truly believes he's in the right. Right, because when you know we're still, we were gonna. Uh, we were going to do from a certain point of view mm-hmm. review for Monday's episode, but yeah. there's just too much to get through. Been a and we crazy have, week. Um, been a really wild week. Uh, but the things that are so like a dime a dozen is the character that's like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. Fighting for the Empire? Was I it just I a, don't like a hesitant character. I don't like an ambivalent character. I don't like a Was it just a reason character. to get off of, you know, I don't like Lothal a character or whatever. that mentally or for lack of a better word, spiritually aligns with the enemy somehow, but they're mm-hmm. trapped where they're at. That's tiresome for Dude, me. Dude, the Veer story, spoiler alert if you're going to read the book, when he's like, wills himself to stay alive because he refuses to fail Vader. That's... I was like, that's what the Empire needs. Yeah, that's what I'm all about. Long live the Empire. The Empire did nothing wrong. I gave a best Five man speech. Five gums, stimulate your senses. <laughs> I gave a best man speech. And there's one guy in the crowd who got my seven prequels references that I put in the... Seven? Seven. Just oh snuck them God. in there. I even had like the... Like one-liners uh, or what? Yeah, just one-liners. So I was like talking, for instance, about how, you know, what a wide variety of individuals were gathered there today. And I was like, but I'm sure we have some things in common too. And the list eventually ended in... And I'm sure we all have a sense of loyalty um, to our republic, to democracy. That's so silly. And, and there's one guy in the room that got it, and he came up to me yeah. at like the head table later, and he's like, "I just want to tell you, I loved your speech." And he's like, "He's like, I tonight, wanted to yell, the Empire did nothing wrong, but everybody would have been confused." <laughs> and tonight, another happy landing. Because <laughs> the room was honestly, a lot of people were like, it was very cringy for a lot of the room, but all the guys that like the that were in the groom's party yeah. were like dying laughing. As long as it's not cringy for everyone in the room. I made the speech specifically for, like, I catered it for the groom. Yeah. You know. But, uh. It's his day. Yeah. The Empire did nothing wrong. That's funny. Oh, man. So, what's next? God, who knows? Here's the beautiful thing. The beautiful thing is, for those of us who just want to go in blind to a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. we are four episodes in, and we've seen every single part of the trailer. Yeah. So well, we've that's got why four I was, episodes of yeah. shock and awe. Coming like episode in. two, I was saying, like that's for sure why they were so liberal with the footage from episode two, where mm-hmm. the the Razor Crisis crash crashed and all that out. Stuff. And, yeah, um, because it really added nothing to the main story. Yeah, man, I'm just so excited. Um, Boba might be done for the season. You think so? He might be. I with everything going on, dude. I would think so, but. The reason I think probably not is that he was teased in episode five of the last season, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's late enough in the season that they can get away with not bringing him back again. Oh, I see what you're when saying. he's brought back in episode two of this season. One. 
Yeah, episode one. Sorry. Yeah. So it's a it's kind of hard to get yeah, away that's from true. that for the rest of the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like if they wanted to just tease, he him still one has more time, Bo- He still has Boba's armor, huh? Yeah. Oh. And Boba knows boy. that. Um. So I think it's going to be harder to keep Boba away from the story since he was reintroduced so early in the What's season. What's the percentage chance we see Bosk? I don't think it's very high. If I had to guess, because there are already so many. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. It's going to be Avengers Infinity War if doesn't, we get Bosk in here. Doesn't you know have I mean? to make sense. Top three characters you would love to see show up in The Mandalorian before the season's over, even if it's a small cameo. Oh, we won. Qui Gon. Force Ghosts? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd like to see Force Ghost Anakin. After being redeemed from being yeah. Vader. What if Force Ghost Anakin is talking to uh, to Padme? To Ahsoka. To Ahsoka. Oh my Wouldn't god. Wouldn't that be cool? I would probably cry. I stand by everything I just said. Okay, three characters. I'll go a little bit away Because from... she would have had good relationship with Obi-Wan. Yes. And she would be aware of the importance that Qui-Gon played at right. this point. Okay. Luke Skywalker mm. will be a buck. Also, this is like primo Luke. Yeah. Five years after Return of the Jedi. You know, it would be pretty sick <laughs> if in episode eight, so chapter 16. Yeah. Which is probably the There's like this finale. whole big showdown going on. Yeah. And Luke comes in Luke and just balls enters out. the fray. Balls out. That would be sick. How sick would that be? Yeah. I would like to see a show down the likes of what we got in the Kylo Ren comic series where Luke single-handedly spanks the entire Knights of Ren. <laughs> spanks them. Dude, he does. He was not even trying. He, and he was like, trying. watch this, Ben. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was just like... He didn't even kill any of them. He just backhanded a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and they knew what the deal was. Yeah. Yeah, Luke coming in. Oh my gosh! I might have to read that comic before I go to bed. I was so high strung. I would about love it. to have like Moff Gideon somehow with the Dark Troopers or something have Ahsoka dead to rights. Yeah, and Luke just comes in and just freaking uh, uh, destroys. Uh, uh, uh. Dude, because I'm I know I'm not upset about the sequels or anything, but one of the things that I would love to see you I, know, before I, was, I die, I was all the way prepared to see Apex Luke. On crate? I feel... Okay, this is a good description for somebody who's read some books. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. The way I feel about Luke in the Aslan. sequel trilogy oh. is how I felt about the Revan novel. Right. Where I expected the Revan novel to be like 80% Revan. All the way about Revan. Revan. Yeah. You know? And it was like 40% Revan, and I, it left me wanting Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I didn't but not in the good way if this was so good. Right. I, I just didn't feel satisfied. I didn't feel like I got what I wanted. Well, also, we didn't get any freaking answers from the end of the book. Uh, so, okay, in Dark Empire, where Luke realizes falsely, but he thinks to himself, the Emperor has a clone in that story. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a young version of himself, yeah. which is pretty L- cool. L- uh, no, no, I'm talking about the Emperor's oh, okay. clone. I thought you were talking about the time when... Oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm thinking of... Uh... Or the Empire. Yeah. So, the... Which is such a good story. Yeah, it is. Okay, so the clone of the Emperor is, you know, coming back, and Luke decides the only way to beat him is to go dark. 
the only way to beat him is to make my own clone. <laughs> so he, he turns dark for a second. That's why they call it Dark Empire. He's got this black outfit on, like very Vader-esque. Like Jedi? Um, but he's... No, no, no. It's like got the scaly, like... It's like leather. Black leather, like... As if he was wearing Vader's costume, but minus the torso light bright. Um, and so he's fighting, and uh, an AT-AT walks upon him, and it's basically like... You know, that was the biggest, baddest thing we had seen up until that point mm-hmm. back in the day. And Luke is like, he just reaches out with the force, like one hand, and crunches the thing. Um. Just destroys it. And reading that, I was like, oh my God. Oh. So, Come um, a long way from a zip lining up to the top and cutting it open and throwing in a thermal detonator. Yeah. And then falling. 60 feet to no problem whatsoever into the snow. The softest snow ever on Hoth. Um, I just... That would be sick to see Luke show up and, like, there's all this crap. I just, just... I would... Whoosh! That would I be would, freaking sick. My head would explode if I Because Luke loop. Skywalker is the greatest Jedi of all time. And when I tell people that, they look at me like I'm an idiot. And I'm like, you haven't seen what I've seen. I'm having, like, non-flashbacks of all the steam things that I've read and seen. Um, you see a Luke helicopter in, in your mind's yeah, eye. just a Luke's face. <laughs> Wearing green lightsabers. Um, dude, I'm just the power, man. Just yeah. freaking... Unadulterated. Power. Yeah. Uh, very reminiscent of like Mace Windu from the O3 Clone Wars, where he's just like, reaches out and takes all the bolts out of the droids and like... I loved that just because I always felt that the imagination with which the Force was used in the movies was limited yeah it was inadequate to me because i i lay awake at night and i think about all the ways that i would use the force well yeah it's like that's why the force unleashed was so fulfilling to so many folks yeah uh and i know that people are like yo star killer's op yeah but why isn't vader doing those things you know this is op the force yeah so anyways what's next okay so luke skywalker (laughs) bosk i would love to see bosk Oh, I would like to see Embo. I know I'm up to five characters now, but... Boss <laughs> would be on my list. Uh, oh, my God. I bet there's a high percent chance we see Embo. Really? Yeah, because Dave Filoni loves Embo. Oh, he does. He does. He does. Um, the dog would be dead by then, though. Sadly. Okay. Um, I'm all about the helmet. <laughs> Han would be cool, but he's not on my list. Um, man. Uh, Thrawn. Hmm. Six characters now. <laughs> you, I'll take them on my list. Yeah. We'll split four and four. Um, yeah, Thrawn, Boss, Luke, in no particular order. What if they find Ahsoka and and then Gideon Thrawn kills her from behind Gideon, the blaster? <laughs> Gideon has him dead to rights. And you got to remember, Thrawn's thing is not loyalty to the Empire. It's, it's loyalty to the greater good. It's the greater good, especially and then Thrawn the crushes Gideon with his military prowess. How sick would that be? And then we would just call the show the Throndalorian. And who gives a crap about anybody else? I would still like to be man to be this. And the main enters guy. Thrawn in blue Mandalorian armor, glowing red visor. Oh my god! Don't even get me started. I've got to go to bed at some point tonight. Oh my gosh! Just so much good things. Yeah. Man, we are at we are at very near the peak of Star Wars yeah, right now. I, I, I the options. Yeah. Speculation, my friend. Yeah, yeah. It's the best part. So, um, well, we'll let you go, listener slash viewer. 
guarantee we weren't in that 30 minute range, but that's okay. No, we weren't. Um, but if you uh, if you like this video, please to subscribe to the channel, uh, share this video, hit that notification bell so you know when we put new stuff out. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, tell people that love Star Wars about the podcast, mm. and uh, leave us a review on iTunes so that we can read it for you. And um, don't forget that every Have we week... Have any new reviews? Not that I know of. Okay. Every week, we get that beautiful, beautiful reward. You know what that reward might be, listener? It's the reward of a hard day's work. Yeah. At the end of a hard day's work, I like to get my Kukri-inspired machete and cut open a nice... <laughs> Dude, just the way that the music works there, I think that like a beat's coming in every yeah, right. single time. Every time, ba, 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 ba. every time I think it's like Zuka. Maybe if I get like a free week, I'll work on that. Make a freaking track. Yeah, that'd be sick. Oh, welcome to Zuka. Anyways, play it again. See what comes in. Yeah. Thanks for tuning into the review, and we'll see you guys next time.